There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free i'm dr sanjay gupta cnn's chief medical correspondent and this is chasing life three out of four u.s adults are considered overweight or have obesity 75 percent of americans dr fatima cody stanford our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in, folks, to a Friday edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers, a loaded show about to get underway throughout the next hour. I am Danny Burke, your host. As always, you can follow me along on Twitter at DannyBurke5. As for VEASAN, at VEASAN Live on the tweets. But let's go ahead and see what we got for you this Friday evening. Momentarily, we'll be talking about some of the bigger events happening right around town here in Chicago. We got a big Bulls game, not necessarily here in Chicago, but with the Chicago Bulls not going too far, just up north to Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. I got to play in that game, which I'll throw out there momentarily, like we said, and just give my overall synopsis for that matchup. And further along in that beginning segment. We also got a Blackhawks game to look forward to. That one here in the Windy City, Minnesota Wild coming to town. And speaking of hockey, I got another play on the ice tonight. We were victorious last night, looking to keep that going. So I'll dish out a play with the puck again tonight. That's going to be happening in this first segment. And then afterward, we got a big UFC card to look forward to, folks. UFC 270 with the best in the biz. Lou Finicaro going to be joining us 15 minutes from now to talk about the main event and the co-main event. Plus, if we got some time, we'll squeeze some NFL plays out of Mr. Finicaro. And then in 30 minutes, speaking of NFL plays, how about the plays from former Super Contest champion James Salinas? His top divisional round plays, that'll be in a half hour. Then 45 minutes from now, my favorite NFL bets, a bet that I've made this week that we have discussed, one that I added, and then a prop that I also have added to the docket. But let's go ahead and get you kicked off with some of that Chicago sports action that certainly here in the Midwest we're taking a liking to or at least some interest in. And I got a couple of bets that I'm looking to make with them. And I want to begin with this Bucks in this Bulls matchup. This is really a fascinating matchup, even if you don't follow these teams closely, but you're an avid NBA better because you get this Bulls team that is, of course, dealing with major injuries. Lonzo Ball going to be missing the next six to eight weeks. Zach Levine on the other side. He'll be coming back presumably this upcoming week, but of course we'll be missing this spot. You got Alex Caruso back, but aside from that, you're still missing production from Javante Green, from Derek Jones Jr., and the rest of the crew. And the Bucks, look, you know, they've been a little bit shaky as of late. They are coming off a nice win versus Memphis. They won 126-114. to As for the Bulls, they're coming off that must-win game against Cleveland at the UC the other night, 117 to 104. Oddly enough, this is the first meeting between these two division rivals. But another interesting thing to note, 
Now, this Bucks squad, even though they haven't been racking up the dubs per se, their two top guys, Middleton and Antetokounmpo, have been great over the past six games. They've combined to average over 57 points, over 17 rebounds, and about 14 assists between the two. Giannis is averaging 31.5 points, while Middleton, over that span, is getting about 25.7. So you look at the spread, it opened 9.5, went up to about 11 or so, and now it's kind of ticked back down to 10.5. Total really hasn't done too much, 227.5, barely touched 228. Now it's been steady at 227 in the hook at Bet Rivers. If you do want to get involved with the spread, under the double digits, I think you either stay away or you lean toward Milwaukee. But the higher we're getting, over 10, into that double-digit territory, I find it hard in general, really, with any sport, but especially the NBA, to lay such a high spread. Now, I get it. The Bucks are the better team. They have the advantage in this game, and the Bulls are banged up. But the Bulls still have a lot of talented pieces, and they're a team that plays with a lot of energy every given night. They're not going to give up on you. And even though you have Lonzo Ball and Levine out, well, you need a guy like DeRozan to consistently step up. He's done that. You need a rookie like Io DeSumo to step up on both ends of the floor. He has done that. And Caruso can be a facilitator and a nice addition to bring the energy on the defensive front. Kobe White's adding the production offensively. You need a big night out of Vooch. But even aside from all that, high spread, still competitive, uh, competitive atmosphere for this game. Anything can happen with the back door and garbage time points. So if you're looking at the spread, I'd probably take it when it gets into the double-digit range between the Bulls and the Bucks. But speaking of Vucevic here, this is the bet that I am making in this game. I think it's a really tough matchup for him tonight. So I'm looking at his points prop. 19 and a half is the number at Bet Rivers. Now, earlier it was about over minus 109, under minus 117. The under is getting steamed pretty heavily in that direction. I think in the minus 130 range or so, but I would still lay it to bet him under 19 and a half points. He's averaging only 16 per game this season. He's only gone over 19 and a half in nine games. I mean, 27 out of 36, he has stayed under that mark. And it's a really tough assignment for him matched up against Giannis. I mean, not only does he have to use all of his energy to try to limit him as much as possible defensively, which is damn near impossible. It's kind of a bend-don't-break mentality, and, you know, inevitably he's going to break. But then he's got to go back on the other side, try to be the second scorer on this team with a lot of injuries, and go up against Giannis, who's a fantastic defender, right? I mean, he ranks in the 79th percentile in defensive points per 100 possessions. Minus 4.2 points per 100 possession when, is what he limits his opponent to. Again, that's in the 79th percentile. Also, to take in this into context a little bit further, the Bulls defensively, I mean, they're just not that great with their interior. So he's going to get worked all day long. I mean, Vooch is not a great defender. So that's really where he has to put his focus on because he's the star of the team, being Giannis. And again, all of his energy is going to be focused onto that. And you take into account, like I'm trying to get to, those games against the Philadelphia 76ers earlier this season. Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, very similar players. Dominant big men. Well, Vooch in those games against the Sixers, we took the under for that first matchup with the same line of thinking. He only had four points. I think it was like his career low. Well, then they played the other night after. I think it was one day in between. Played again the next night. He was limited to 11 points. When he's matched up against forceful bigs on the opposing team, he really struggles offensively. And you're getting sort of an inflated line because you're missing Zach Levine. You're missing Lonzo Ball. And he's got to be the scoring player that he can be. But that's just not going to be the case tonight. So for this matchup, 
And in this game, my best bet is fading Nikola Vucevic, taking him under 19.5 points tonight in an unfavorable matchup against Giannis and the Bucs. Let's go ahead and talk some hockey now. Let's preview this Blackhawks game really quick because this is really intriguing in the sense of where this line has moved. So Minnesota opened as the significant favorite, minus 135. Chicago catching about plus 125. Total opened five and a half. That ticked up to six. But I think it's more interesting to see where this money line has altered to. Because instead of catching plus 125, the Blackhawks have now moved to a plus 102 dog. So they've been getting steamed as a home underdog continuously throughout the course of this day. Now, I've made the joke that in every sport, there's kind of a team that wherever you bet them, however you bet them, you kind of get screwed. And for me, this hockey season, it seemingly is the Blackhawks. So for the sake of anybody who wants to bet Chicago, I'm not going to be touching this game. But I just wanted to throw out there that Fleury is going to be in net. He's played better as of late, 4-0-1 the last five starts with a 96 save percentage. And this team's been going their direction. So if you want to follow that, you want to take some plus money with a home dog, it appears that some of the sharp money has gone on Chicago and could be an advantageous play to your slate of games this evening. But the play that I did make in hockey while we're on the subject, I got involved in this game a little bit earlier, and hopefully you were able to get a little bit better number. But my focus was attentive to this matchup with Carolina and New York, the Hurricanes and the Rangers. Carolina opened minus 155, and they were getting steamed earlier throughout the day up to about minus 165, minus 175. And Chesterkin, the star goalie for the Rangers, was presumed to be the starter. And even with him in the net, I laid minus 167 with Carolina. But now they're putting their backup in. Uh, George Agov, or Gorgivov, I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing it. I know I'm terrible with the hockey Russian name, so forgive me. But regardless, he is not as good as Chesterkin in this spot, who's been an absolute stud. He's 7-5-2, 2.71 goals against average with a save percentage of 90, okay? But you got Frederick Anderson going for the Hurricanes, who's been an absolute beast this season. 26-0, sub 2.0 goals against average with a save percentage of 93. And at home this season, he's 8-3-0. Hurricanes, they've won their last two games. And the Rangers, they're on a nice little streak themselves. They're on a three-game winning streak going into this game. But the Hurricanes just absolutely dismantled the Bruins 7-1 in that last game. So when they won, or when they win rather, they win in impressive and dominating fashion. They're up to minus $2 now with the goalie change for the Rangers. You, couldn't, you could go with the puck line here, minus 1.5. You're getting plus 117, not too shabby. Or a lot of times what I like to do is go with the win in regulation. So also a different way you can approach it, too. And I know Josh Applebaum will do this a lot and Andy McNeil, VEASAN's NHL expert. In a sport like hockey, you know, sometimes it's okay to lay this steep price. And I'm not saying in this example you would bet 200 to win 100. You would bet to risk, not bet to win, per se. So if you have your standard unit, you would just not be returning as much, right? You'd be getting half instead of your standard payout, whatever that may be. So whatever your standard unit is, you could still do that on the money line for a little bit more security. But, of course, you're just not getting as good of a payout. But, hey, at the end of the day, a win is a win. And if it ends up losing, you're not risking more and getting kind of screwed more so that you tried to bet to win as opposed to bet the risk. So I do think Carolina's the right side here. Again, I laid minus a buck sixty-seven. if you're comfortable. It's minus $2 right now. Otherwise, you have the options to win in regulation with the Hurricanes or naturally you got the puck line for a little bit of plus money plus 117 but I wouldn't necessarily say I'm so infatuated with the puck line just because the Rangers are a very competitive team but without their top goalie 
who knows what can occur in this matchup because when Carolina has been winning, it's been, again, in dominating fashion. But I laid the money line with the Hurricanes in the spot, minus a buck 65. And aside from that, we had the lean with the Blackhawks. I'm avoiding it so I don't screw anybody else up who's backing the Blackhawks here. But then in the NBA, with that Bulls matchup against Milwaukee Bucks, I'm going to be playing Nikola Vucevic under 19.5 points. Got it minus 117. I think it's about minus a buck 30 or so at Bet Rivers now. Would still advocate playing that under for the big man who's going to have a very tough go about in Milwaukee against the Bucks. All right, we'll still have more plays for myself at the end of the show with Danny's Dimes. We've got a prop in the NFL as well as two straight-up bets. But how about UFC 270? The UFC legendary handicapper himself, Luke Minicaro, hopping on to Rush Hour next to talk about that. And if we got some time, we'll squeeze some NFL action out of it. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Like we always say here on Rush Hour, if you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers does have you covered. And Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get them available and you get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. 
Okay, it is that time, ladies and gents. Welcome back to it. It is Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live here in the Windy City out of the Bet River Sportsbook. We got a big UFC bout to look forward to, UFC 270, which means we got to talk to the man himself, Lou Finicaro, at Gamlu on the tweets. One of, if not the best UFC handicapper in the country. Heck, I'll put him up against anybody in the world. Lou, thank you for taking some time, my friend. An exciting one to look forward to tomorrow night. Let's get right into it with the main event. Tell us about Nganu and tell us about Gone here. And, and what's fascinating here, Lou, is that I, Nganu is is completely dominant. And I think an average Joe, when it comes to be, to betting UFC, such as myself and a lot of my friends, we look at Nganu and go, "Oh, he's catching plus money. How could that be?" But a lot of the steam is going toward Gone, who's now at about minus one fifty-two. Why is that, Lou? Well, Danny, thanks for having me on this. This fight uh, has unbelievable layers. It's like an onion. You peel one layer, there's another one there. It starts by the fact that these two trained together under the same coach, Fernand Lopez. Lopez now continues to train Gane, but he was the one that assembled Nganu in France. No one knows Nganu better than Fernand Lopez, and that's Gane's coach. Again, familiarity that they've already trained together. Now that's three years ago, and both men have improved diametrically since then. These two uh, set up for a fascinating fight, as Nganu is ferociously powerful, unbelievably explosive, and freakish athletic. Gane, more athletic in that. As a youngster, he played soccer and basketball and really learned how to use his legs. Uh, his fight acumen revolves around being a complete mixed martial artist with Muay Thai striking as his base. He's the more polished mixed martial artist. And I would tell you that when you get a complete mixed martial artist in a confrontation against anyone that is not a mixed martial artist, you have a mismatch, and that's why the early line, that's why the early action went from Nganu, who opened minus 115, to now Gane being a 145 or 150 favorite. I think there could be some money coming in on Nganu as we get closer to the fight and the public gets involved. Those looking to play Gane may want to be patient. Uh, I released him a week ago at minus 120. Further, as you handicap this fight, those siding with the Nganu side will probably look to take the under one and a half or two and a half in this fight based on Nganu's explosion and power. Those siding with Cyril Gan will more than likely look to the over as I am because I think he's going to have to control space and slowly take the steam out of Nganu until the fourth or fifth round where Nganu will be much more open to slowing and receiving hits. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, this is going to be fascinating. And it seems like from everybody I've seen or just writing about on Twitter, it's going down the middle, but the steam, like you alluded to, has been going toward gone here. And so lose leaning in that direction. Minus buck 20 earlier in the week. That's why you got to follow the man on Twitter and with his podcast. And then also looking at the over two and a half rounds for that main event. So, again, should be a great one. 
As for the co-main event, Lou, also another fascinating bout. Brandon Moreno, a sizable favorite here, minus 177 against Figueredo, who's catching about plus 145 or so. I know you're a man who loves to go with the plus money with some of these dogs. Is this going to be one of those instances? Boy, Danny, that's it's tempting. You, you know, these this is their third fight in a row a year ago or so. Uh, it, it, there was a point deducted from Figueredo, and the fight was ruled a draw. The rematch in June in Phoenix here, uh, where Moreno uh, submitted Figueredo in the third round. Figueredo had a devil of a cut. He, he really struggled. Today, he was the second one on the scale behind Moreno, showing me that he is arriving to this fight with focus and a determination to try and win his belt back. I, this this fight, these guys uh, are, are somewhat intertwined in that Moreno used to train with Cejudo, both fellow small Mexican fighters. There was a falling out, and now Cejudo is training Figueredo. Figueredo's claiming that he's going to knock Moreno's head off for Cejudo. I think there's a lot of contrived emotion on the Figueredo part because he's doing everything he can do to get his title back. Moreno's two inches taller. He has a reach advantage. He's six inches younger. I think Moreno is the side in this fight. But in June, Moreno was plus 185 or plus 200. Now he's minus 185 or so. It's a different handicap now. So based on the fact that Figueredo looks so good on the scale, and I believe I can trust his focus and effort in this fight, I really like the fight to go to decision or over four and a half rounds. I believe this fight takes the exact same manifestation as the first fight. Highly competitive, two skilled guys that are going to take it to decision. Awesome. All righty, Lou. Well, we got to squeeze in some NFL action as well. Always love getting your NFL content at Point Spread Weekly. Again, VSIN.com slash subscribe. Not only to get Lou's NFL action, but of course those early lines throughout the UFC too. Uh, Lou, tell us some of your top games. I mean, again, we got a few minutes here, so I don't want to label you down to one versus another, but what is probably your top game for this weekend? And then if we have some time, we could squeeze in another one. Yeah, Danny, I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd be way more confident giving you my best game if I could listen to Salinas in the next segment first and then come back and talk to you about it. However, knowing that I'm on the spot and I don't get to listen to him, to me, it, this one is simple. It's San Francisco. When I look at San Francisco's defensive front, and I realized that two years ago they were in the Super Bowl with five stalwarts playing defense. Now they have eight. They're rolling a defensive, fresh defensive line in there every play. Their front defense and offensive line are playing dominant football, run game. Uh, everybody wants to talk about how dinged up they are and Jimmy G's shoulder and all the, the Packers have the 22nd ranked DVOA defense all season long, and their special teams are horrendous. To give San Francisco six points in this game is not correct in my handicapping. I really like San Francisco, not only plus the six, pick the winner. Don't forget the money line on San Francisco.
Oh, baby. And, Lou, hey, even more to your point, I know you love referencing DVOA, as do I. The Packers rank 28th in DVOA run defense. And what a lot of people are citing when you're looking to back the side of San Francisco, a team that's so methodical, and regardless of the quarterback play, they can run the ball down your throat. That's kind of what the Cleveland Browns did a few weeks back when they came back in that game. The reason they lost, Baker Mayfield had, what, like four interceptions, but where they had success was on the ground attack. Is that kind of what you're thinking that could keep San Francisco in this game? That, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Is San Francisco runs best when they're on balance. When they, when they were without Eli Mitchell, they somewhat struggled, and that's when we got to see the wrinkle of Debo running. Now that wrinkle remains, but Eli Mitchell's back. Uh, providing them a, a most dangerous uh, offense because of its balance. All right, Lou. Well, hey, you'll have to stick around, though, and tune into the next segment for Mr. James Salinas. We always love getting his inside, and then we'll have to hear back from you maybe and see how you're adjusted your picks or what other action you got. But, Lou, thank you, as always, for your analysis for UFC 270 and for the playoffs this weekend. Appreciate you having me on, Danny. Good luck to everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks again. You got it. Lou Finicaro, folks, at Gamblu on the tweets. Again, Point Spread Weekly contributor. And you can follow him at Gamblu where he gives you the links not only when it's with VSIM, but his podcast and just overall place. Look at Lou, man, going with the dog for San Francisco. Plus 205 right now. Can we interest you in that? Odds at Bet Rivers. If you think San Fran can win that game outright in the frozen tundra and frozen, it looks like it's going to be. Or you could take the points with San Francisco plus five and a half. You know we're invested in this game, but with the under 48, I don't hate the idea of looking toward the side of San Francisco. And that's why a lot of people are teasing down the Packers, right? I mean, a little bit of security. And San Francisco has been a really solid team in the latter half of the season, number one in yards per play. And when they get that ground attack going, they're a tough team to beat. Great coaching staff, solid defense up front. We'll see what Aaron Rodgers can do to that secondary. Should be a fun one, nonetheless, on Saturday night. All right, so we will be getting James Salinas' thoughts. Again, he's a former Super Contest champion, so definitely want to hear what he thinks about the divisional round games. I know he's got action in a lot of them, so stick around that coming up, plus more NFL betting at the end of the show with Danny's Dimes. It is Rush Hour here on Beast. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. With our all new Big Game Big Dance special, it provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from right now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college troops betting guides. Plus, you get full access to vsin.com along with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vsin.com slash big deal to sign up today. That's vsin.com slash big deal. Welcome back to Rush Hour on this Friday evening. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Dandy Burke, your host. As always, we're broadcasting live just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois, out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. We take it to the Mile High City next. We got former Super Contest champion and current VEASAN host, the Pro Football Blitz. It is James Salinas, ladies and gentlemen, at rounding again 
on Twitter. James, we're rifling through all these games, baby, and I know Lou Finicaro is excited to hear your thoughts like he was saying last segment, and so is everybody else. So let's begin just going in order of the time these games are kicking off. We will start with Tennessee and Cincinnati, spread three and a half, total 47 and a half, which you got dialed up for this game. All the talk about Derrick Henry coming back, and it's a huge get to have Derrick Henry back on the field for the Titans. Now, how much does he play? How effective is Derrick Henry going to be out there? Coming back from such a long layoff, and it's a foot injury. And I think those are the kind of things that, yeah, he's not going to be back to the old form of Derrick Henry powering the football the way that we're used to seeing him when he's healthy. But I think for this offensive identity for the Titans, that's who they are. Even without Derrick Henry, this team still averaged 136 yards per, per game on the ground. It's the big uglies up front. We know what that identity is for this Tennessee Titans team, Danny, is to be more physical in the trenches with that offensive line, even without Derrick Henry. So I think not only having Derrick Henry back out there gives the dimension to the play-action pass, and we know a lot of that is predicated on this offense for Tannehill to, to get outside the pocket because of the run game and the play-action pass and how effective that is. And Having Julio Jones and A.J. Brown coming back, I mean, I can make a lot of case, case for the Titans side, and that's probably the side that I'm leaning. I don't like it sitting at three and a half. I kind of lean towards the total here, too, as an under in this sense, but I found digging in and out here in Colorado, I know not everybody has these kind of options depending on the state and the jurisdiction that you're into bet, Danny, but really I was looking at uh, a player prop here and it's on the other side and it's for the Cincinnati Bengals and in particular, it's for Von Bell, the safety for the Cincinnati Bengals on his tackles and assists. It's sitting at five and a half and he averages six tackles and a slash assist per game. But I, it really, Von Bell is a box safety. And what he does is he drops into the box, and he's a very aggressive plug in those three and the four holes in the running game. And I think this is what we're going to see out of Von Bell because that's what we're going to see out of the Titans, Danny, is they're going to run the football far more than they're going to throw the football. And I think Von Bell, this really fits his style of play, being the aggressive player that he is. Uh, he's one of their leading tacklers on this team. And in, and in particular here, I mean, if I could find a, a personal foul prop, on Von Bell, I bet the yes on that one because I think he's going to be out there laying hats. He loves to get physical with the game. I like physical football games, and I think this fits the bill. So that's the play that I've made here is going with Von Bell and his tackle slash assist sitting at five and a half. I bet that over. Yeah, and that's right where we got it here at the Illinois Bet Rivers. Five and a half over under minus 114 each way. Very interesting angle. I like it. Might have to ride that one with you. Uh, next game on Saturday, James, we got the 49ers, Packers, spread at five and a half, been really going back and forth from six and then five and a half. Total went down from 48 at its peak, now at 47. At Lambeau, who you trust in this spot? Well, let's say when it comes to trust, yeah, anytime we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers, you're talking about the quarterback position. And we talk about the quarterback position always when we're talking NFL, especially as we get deeper into the playoffs now, the divisional round, Danny. But as Garoppolo, one that I trust to have to make plays and make throws on third down, well, I maybe in a sense when they're third and short. And I think that's where the 49ers, we know what their offensive identity is too. This is a team that wants to run the football power football run game, not only with Elijah Mitchell back the last few weeks and really toting the load running that behind that zone blocking scheme, but also Debo Samuel. What a, what a tremendous asset he has been from the wide receiver position to get back there and line up in the backfield and his power that he runs with. 
love the way that the 49ers run the football. And this is a team that's built to go on the road and play in cold conditions. Like we know we're going to see in Lambeau field on Saturday night. It's going to, the windshield is going to be below zero. The wind's not really going to be impactful, but it's good playoff football weather, hitting weather, Danny. I like it, but thinking about the Packers. Yes. Aaron Rodgers at home used to playing in that cold and a number of players coming back for green Bay in this contest. Uh, that haven't played for a while. I think that's going to benefit the the Packers that they move forward from this game, getting players like Jair Alexander back. He's a Pro Bowl caliber corner, as well as the Darius Smith. He hasn't played since week one. He's the, one of the best pass rushers in the league, but I think it's going to take those guys some time to get acclimated back to competitive level play, and then you're going to ramp up the the intensity and the speed of the game at a playoff level. It's going to take them some time, as well as the Green Bay Packers. This is a team that's kind of been coasting. They clinched the division early back in week 15, I believe, and they haven't faced a playoff team since that home win over the Los Angeles Rams way back on week 12. So a pretty soft schedule. They've just been kind of cruising along. However, the 49ers, in a sense, have played back-to-back playoff games. That win in Los Angeles, they needed that win that to win that game to secure themselves into the playoffs, and then obviously the playoff win last week at Dallas. So they're already playing at a playoff level, and that's where I like the Niners here. I like the plus the six. I also like the Niners plus three and a half better in the first half because I think with those Packers players coming back, yeah, it's going to take them some time to get back out there and the speed of the game. But also I think this is a Green Bay team that's kind of been coasting, and it may take them a few possessions just to get amped up to the speed of the playoffs. Yeah, solid idea with that first half angle, especially over three. Could be a little bit of rust for Green Bay, a San Francisco team that knows they got to chomp at the bit sooner rather than later. And hey, Lou's going to be happy to see that you side with them taking the points with San Fran in that matchup. So we're happy to hear that. Uh, moving on to Sunday, James. I always got about one game a week when we talk where I'm like, all right, I hope I'm on the same side as James. So I'm curious which side you're leaning toward for the Bucks and the Rams. Spread is at two and a half. Total we're seeing sit at 48. Who do you like in this game? I haven't made a play on this game yet, but the way that I'm looking at these numbers, the fact that it's tricked down for Tampa Bay. Now I see some two and a half, some little juice, 15 cents, 20 cents for the bucks, but laying getting below that field goal here. I mean, we're still talking about Tom Brady at home. And I know all the discussion this week has been about the offensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And rightfully so you start with the center. That's the, the quarterback of your offensive line, Ryan Jensen, questionable to play with his ankle injury. I think the bigger question marks, I think Jensen plays. I don't think his injury is nearly as significant as Tristan Wirfs on the right tackle side, but we know somebody like Brady is able to adjust, get the ball out of his hands quickly and attack the seam. This is a guy that's not afraid. He's a rhythm passer for sure, but he's not one that's always looking to throw outside the numbers. He wants to attack down the middle of the field. And I think that's where the weakness is for this Rams, especially on the deep uh, talking about the defensive side in particular, at the safety position. Both starting safeties will be out again for this matchup. They missed last week. Now Arizona wasn't able to take advantage of that. They didn't have the personnel nor the quarterback with any confidence to take advantage of those safeties being out. Well, I think that's where it gets exploited here because we know not only the safety's out, Ernest Jones, inside linebacker for the Rams, he is also out of this contest. He's missed the last handful of weeks as well. So that's a lot of starters up the middle, up that box per se, where where really we know Tom Brady loves to take advantage of throwing the football. I think Gronkowski has a big day throwing the ball, catching the ball down the middle. I think Tom Brady will adjust. This is the Super Bowl champs. They're playing at home, and I can get them less than a field goal. 
The Rams are not a team that I trust. I still feel like it's a very finesse football team, both sides of the ball. Yes, there's star power on that team, but I'm going to take, I'm going to side with the champions here with the Buccaneers at home laying less than a field goal. All right, that's exactly what I wanted to hear, James. And then finally, we got about 45 seconds, my friend. Tell us about the Buffalo Bills going on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. Probably should be the AFC Championship, but it's a divisional round, short spread two, high total 54. What do you got for us for this game? I mean, how much fun is this game going to be to watch? And and typically, I'm not picking a side. I can make a I can make a case for either side here, but I'm staying away from the side. I'm playing the total. Typically, Danny, I'm an under player, especially when we get to the playoffs. We know the stakes are high. There's so much on the line. Players and coaches can tend to get tight, sometimes get conservative, not wanting to make mistakes. But you've got Mahomes on one side and Josh Allen as playing with as much confidence as any quarterback left remaining in these playoffs right now. There's just so many playmakers on both sides of the field, and there's the weather's not going to be an issue here. I just don't know how either of these defenses stop either of these offenses, in particular both of these quarterbacks. I think it's going to be a shootout. So typically, like I said, I play, I stay away from going over the total, but that's where I got to go. I'm on the scoring bandwagon here, and I'm going to bet over the total at 53 and a half. Hard to look at the under in that matchup and or even root for it. I think I'd have to concur with you on that one, too. 54, that total we're seeing right now, should be a fun shootout. James, enjoy the weekend. Stay warm out there, the Mile High City. Thank you for joining us once again. Same to you, my friend. Good luck with your bets this weekend, Danny. Thank you. There he is, former Super Contest champion James Salinas. Speaking NFL, which we'll continue to do as we wrap up a Friday edition of Rush Hour. Stick around. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. So download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. one 532 in Virginia. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as Play Sugar House. Void where prohibited. 
Alrighty, final segment on this Friday evening, and we are live out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois. The crowd is filling up in anticipation for the whole weekend, but all the festivities tonight, and we're looking to give you some of those plays. It is time for Dandy's Dime, where myself, Dandy Burke, gives you out my best plays for, again, not only tonight, but for the whole weekend, ladies and gentlemen. So let's get into it with some of my best wagers for the weekend, starting with a prop that I did delve into just today, and I was kind of waiting to see where these props were going to end up at, and I still may add a couple. I'm waiting to see Stafford and Brady with their pass attempts, so uh, stay tuned in terms of VEASAN.com and my Twitter at DannyBurke5. I'll add them if I do like them, but let's talk about Devin Singletary. This is the lone prop that I have played thus far. So, Bills and Chiefs, we were just talking with James Salinas about this game. Highest total up the board, 54, and yet we still pretty much probably all assume it's going to go over. So, that's why I'm honing in on Singletary and betting him under minus 121 with his rushing yards at 60 and a half. Now, this whole season, Singletary is averaging 53 rushing yards per game, and he's stayed under this mark of 60 and a half in 11 out of 18 games. And he has had his spots, especially in the last game, where he's looked really good. And, you know, a lot of help has come from the fact that the Bills have dominated their opponents in that game. So then they're just running out the clock, handing the ball to Singletary, like he did against the Patriots, right? Well, let's take a look back at that game against Kansas City, where they won, what was it, 38-20? to Bills had a huge hold on that game. They had confidence the whole way, a comfortable lead yet. Singletary in that game only had six carries for 25 rushing yards. So what gives? Well, you know, he splits reps a little bit with Zach Moss and some of the other crew, and the Bills are a team that loves to throw the ball. Plus, even if the Bills say they don't win this game, right? Say that it's either neck and neck or they're trailing. Well, Singletary in the games they've lost, being the games that Buffalo has lost this season, which there are six of them, he has stayed under this mark in five out of six of those spots, and his average drops to just getting six and a half carries during those games and racking up just 37 rushing yards per game. So look, if you think that the Bills are probably going to lose this game, I think you feel even a lot better about Singletary staying under 60 and a half rushing yards. The only game they lost that he went over was week one where they did have a lead at one point against the Steelers. He had 72 rushing yards. And if you want to play devil's advocate, well, KC is allowing opponents 4.7 yards per carry. 30th is where that ranks in the NFL. They rank 20th in DVOA run defense, so again, bottom tier. But only seven opposing running backs have eclipsed this mark against the Kansas City Chiefs. Why? Well, because a lot of times the opponents are trailing and needing to pass the ball and play catch-up. Take example even the Steelers-Chiefs game from last week. Najee Harris is probably, I think we could argue, a better running back in terms of just straight running back than Devin Singletary. I, I think you can make that argument. Well, in that game... Harris only had 12 carries for just 29 yards. Look, this is going to be a back-and-forth battle. Whichever team goes down first, the other team's already going to panic because of how much offensive firepower is present with their opponent. You know, no lead is safe in this match. It's going to be pass, 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 and no lead is going to be comfortable because of the sense that it's going to be so easy for them to come back. And because of all the throwing, maybe a turnover is going to be likely to happen. The point being is 60 and a half is a little bit too high to ask for Devin Singletary to go over in this game that should feature maybe a shootout and a lack of running because these quarterbacks are fantastic. They're going to try to play keep up which, with whoever's in the lead in this game. So that will not benefit 
the running game for probably both sides, but especially with a team that doesn't run the ball that much as is, in the side of Buffalo and a player in Devin Singletary, I am going under 60 and a half rushing yards, minus 121 with Devin Singletary against the Chiefs. So that's the one prop I got as of now. Like I said, I'm kind of waiting to see where Tom Brady's pass attempts comes out at. I know Stafford's got some numbers out there. I'll dive into that a little bit more so, but I'll tweet it out or you'll see it on VEASAN if I do end up adding it. But here's another play that I've pretty much been teasing throughout the course of the week. I don't think I've officially said that I was playing it, so I wanted to spend time telling you more about it and just in case you've missed it. But let's talk about this other Sunday game with Los Angeles and Tampa Bay. Again, we were just talking about it with James Salinas. He hasn't played it officially himself, but he's looking toward the direction of Tom Brady and company. And I'm right there with him. Now, the spread opened two and a half. We saw it hit three, and then it came back down to two and a half last night. And when we were discussing it, we saw the money line at about minus 140, minus 141 right in that range. I ended up going home last night, pulling the trigger on that bet. The more you're hearing about this Bucks team, it seems like they could be getting pretty healthy. I know there was concerns about Tristan Wirfs and Jensen on the line, if they were going to play or not, but they were held out of practice in the sense that they weren't getting reps, but they were there ready to go. I mean, Arians is just making sure they stay healthy and rested for the game. Leonard Fournette, I haven't seen as much update on him, but if you get him back, awesome. Playoff Lenny in the mix. Even if you don't, this is going to be a game that features a lot of passing as well. The reason I like Tom Brady and the Bucs isn't just because they have the experience of winning a Super Bowl. Isn't just because they have the GOAT in Tom Brady. Isn't just because they have a great coaching staff with Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, who are probably going to be head coaches after this season, and a really solid coach in Bruce Arians. It's because I don't, again, and I've stressed this, trust Matt Stafford. The last four or five games of the regular season, whatever it was, the dude had a turnover in every single game. Lest we forget that they barely beat Tyler Huntley to even get into this position into the postseason. And then you blow a lead against the 49ers. Well, San Francisco needed it more. Okay. Everybody's in love with the Rams because they dismantled the Cardinals. Well, I think that's more of an indictment on the lack of success that Cliff Kingsbury brings in the latter half of his seasons. If you look back to his college days to the pros, that's been a consistent, reliable trend that he will falter in those spots, which he clearly has and clearly did. Kyler Murray, terrible in that game. Showed he was nervous. Lack of experience. Same with Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals played awful. Matt Stafford only had 17 pass attempts in that game. He did not win that game for the Rams. The running game did. The defense did. But more so, the Cardinals shooting themselves in the foot is the reason that the Rams are facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this spot. The Bucs want the Rams to throw the ball. The Bucs get thrown out over 40 times per game. That's the most in the NFL. Matt Stafford in a high-pressured situation to where it is going to rest on his shoulders, whether or not the Rams move on in a scoring battle with Tom Brady. I'm taking Tom Brady 10 times out of 10 in that spot. And you know me, if it's a short spread, I will simply just lay more instead of going with the spread. I don't hate the idea of laying under three. I mean, I would definitely do that. But personally, I'm okay with laying minus about 40, which I did on the Bucs money line. Up front, they're great. The Rams aren't going to be able to run it. They're going to force Tom Brady to throw. Guess what? That's what Tom wants to do. The secondary for the Rams is solid. Yeah, you got Jalen Ramsey, but they're going to be able to expose that well enough. They still got Gronk. They still got Mike Evans. And Tom Brady is the one who makes his receivers good, not the other way around, folks. Also, you got the revenge factor. The Bucs lost to him earlier this year, 34-24. to The Bucs are ready for this game. Tom Brady is a home dog under three relatively short money line price. 
I'm not trusting Matt Stafford. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I laid minus a buck 40 with them on the money line for their matchup at home against the Rams. And then the last play that we have, we have talked about this a couple times already throughout the course of this week. I mean, more than a couple times. But on Tuesday, we discussed San Francisco and Green Bay. I played this total to go under 48, minus 118. It's at 47 right now, which I still think is probably a viable option. But, you know, if you can see it going back up or maybe get a better number, obviously try to do that. But I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Look, the 49ers banged up quarterback situation with Garoppolo. Already sketchy to trust him in the first place and a lack of consistent throwing. The 49ers love to run the ball. They're going to do that against Green Bay, a team that ranks 28th in DVOA run defense. That's going to take a lot of time off the clock. As for Green Bay, cold game, windy game, and yes, they're going to look to throw the ball, and they will expose the 49ers secondary a time or two. I don't think it's going to be consistent, though, because San Francisco does have a really solid defense. I think it's going to be a slower, more methodical game, team settling for field goals. It's going to really come down to who can get those one or two explosive plays, which inevitably will be Aaron Rodgers and probably Devontae Adams. But the way I'm looking at it is thinking that it's going to be lower scoring, clock moving fast with a lot of ground attack coming from the methodical offense that is San Francisco. So I bet this thing under 48. The most I would bet it under would be where it is now at 47. But all in all, we got plenty of plays to dish out tonight. We had Vooch under 19 and a half points for his player prop against the Bucks. Hurricanes on the money line against the Rangers, minus 167. Singletary under 60 and a half rushing yards. And we got the Buccaneers on the money line and under 48 for San Fran and Green Bay. Folks, enjoy the weekend. Stay warm for everybody out there in the Midwest. Best luck with all your wagers. And we will be back with another edition of Rush Hour on Monday. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app.